0: This is The Rundown Show, brought to you every week, where the Fab Four assemble and break down the top five Catholic items in the news. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, the man who needs no introduction, Dr. Taylor Marshall, author of Infiltration. We're talking about Texas lawsuit. 20 plus states have joined. Will they overturn the election? Rush Limbaugh weighs in on the issue. Will there be secession? Secession. Secession. Secession? How do you say that word? Rothschilds. Pope, married Are they in bed together? Not literally, but figuratively Creepy Speaking of creepy, obelisks, aliens In the news, literally again Is this some kind of weird sci-fi thing? And finally, New World Order Watch, here we go Gentlemen, good morning. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Special guest, Dr. Marshall. First story up, gentlemen, I want to kick it over to Steve first. Texas is leading the way. Taylor's sitting in Texas right now. I'm jealous. God's country. What's I was gonna going to let everybody
1: there? else say, uh, give their points, and I was going to tell everybody how they were wrong. <laughs> okay, all right.
0: Well, we'll kick it over to Dr. Marshall then first. Uh, you, you're leading the way down in Dallas-Fort Worth. 20 states are joining you, including mine.
2: Well, Texas is the best. (laughs) It's the Republic of Texas. We got Ted Cruz. You know, uh, Ted Cruz, we always liked Ted Cruz, but he was kind of a Canadian, kind of geeky, you know, Mm -hmm. but he grew a beard and he just killed a deer and now he's leading this thing (laughs) and he's pretty cool now.
1: He's still Canadian. (laughs)
2: I mean, look. It takes the Texans to get things get things started. And is it true that that I'm concerned that we have so little time?
1: Is it true that Trump asked him to to do the case? I'm proud to be a Texan,
2: and I'm proud that we're leading the charge. I think it's good.
1: I will admit, South Carolina is the first state to leave. Texas came later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for those who don't, so for those who don't know, there is a
0: lawsuit right now. Texas is suing four of the swing states, uh, arguing that the votes of the good men and women of the state of Texas have been disenfranchised by the voter fraud that is happening in those states: Pennsylvania, uh, what is it? Wisconsin, um, Michigan, and one other. Uh, so that has actually that's on the docket at the Supreme Court, and uh, uh, Dr. Marshall mentioned. Ted Cruz, who uh, uh, purportedly has been asked personally by Donald Trump to prosecute the case in front of the Supreme Court, which I I can think of no better guy to do that. Ryan Grant, thoughts?
3: Uh, My thoughts are, I mean, my prediction of the whole thing is that Ultimately, it's going to be the media and the the created reality that's not really reality that's going to carry the the whole thing through, and that's why I'm still convinced, even though I don't like it, I'd rather it was the other way around, but we're probably going to see a President Harris uh, in the White House just on the power of the media, so whatever happens in front of the Supreme Court— the media still controls the public perception. And as much as people say, oh, yeah, we don't trust the media. Yes, they do. I mean, every, any time you see someone with a mask, you're watching somebody who's, who believes the propaganda. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless he's been, you know, just bullied into it by work, you know, because so, he's going to get fired if he doesn't wear it. He's just making that hard call, right? So, yeah, I, I just don't see it getting anywhere it's, where it's going to end up overturning what the media has created out of this spectacle of the election and ends the the um I, I just a, a bit of foreshadowing it's almost world of, of the world's esque where the media created its own reality and people Well, I, I
0: i have to admit i am a little bit uh worried about like getting my hopes up i don't want to have false hope here that this is trump's final judo move and he is going to win ultimately uh i know steve you have <laughs> let's cut straight to full screen steve here
1: it's it's just i mean it's they're trying to nationalize the election by pretending to be federalists at the same time. We're basically destroying federalism in this thing. Nobody in Texas got disenfranchised. According to state law, they had honest votes. They're trying to get in—and I'm not liking what happened. Yes, I know there's there's problems in the voting. People were getting—there uh, were scams going on throughout. There's cheating accepted. That happens to every vote. They're going into other states to do—that's a state issue. Pennsylvania That's Pennsylvania's problem. Texas can't go in and tell Pennsylvania how to vote, especially when Pennsylvania changed all this before the voting, as we talked about in our shows prior to the election with North Carolina Pennsylvania changing it. None of the states did anything at that time. They should have if now they're bringing it up because their guy lost in their, those other states. So imagine Texas having that happen to them. They wouldn't like that if Pennsylvania sued them for disenfranchising. Well, that's that's an interesting whatever. point.
0: I mean, this does set an interesting precedent uh, in terms of uh, will will blue states sue red states the next time you know we have a, a clear electoral win on 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 the Republican side, right? I mean,
1: yeah, it did. I mean, it did not violate the fifteenth, nineteenth, twenty fourth, or twenty sixth amendments. Nobody was age, race, sex, poll tax, nothing like that. Yes, there's cheating of all. Like again, there was cheating in everything. Every I mean, Trump probably has some cheats going on. My state North Cackalack, in the People's Republic, the Fuhrer, Cooper, it, he there's cheating with him. It went red 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 red. This guy, red 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 and now he's got martial law. There's guys trying to go after the the which we all knew was coming. There's going to be problems with the mail. Well, I think I think that it's I think Dr. Taylor Marshall would would, would
0: appreciate some martial law. Maybe I think if he if he laid down the law, um, <laughs> the cheating, though, Dr. Marshall has been widespread. It's documented. You can point to it as verifiable. The 3 a.m. dump. I mean, I, I, what else can we do, though?
2: Yeah, I, I, don't th- I don't see this as violating state rights. It's true. If, if other states uh, changed rules and cheated, then the other states have a right, I think, to, to pursue it. Um, it. The chief executive um, will have influence over the state of Texas and all the states. And so if certain states cheat to bring about a certain outcome, and we can prove there was a cheat. Then I think other states have the right to complain about it and sue. It affects us.
1: Yeah, and that's why I go back to they can throw that back to whoever's let states. them. Then let them. But it's it's not. A, it's not. It's not a national thing. It's. A state. It is a national thing. It's the presidency. No, no, no. That's where we go in. Now it's nationalism. We kill federalism. Now we're one gigantic land blob. Destroy the states. we got to take away the states then.
4: And that's what happened in the Civil War. We went from the United States are to the United States is. The, be- uh, the bottom of, line is like- if
1: Texas and everybody else doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't like or say they're disenfranchised. And I agree with them. Leave the, we got to leave the dysfunctional union. Why are we trying to put a whole a patch of a Band-Aid on the Titanic?
0: <laughs> Ryan, brother uh, <laughs> makes a good point. We used to say the United States are. We used to say these United States are. Mm-hmm. Now we say the United States is. Right. Language matters.
3: Because the United States comes to mean the sum total of the national policy... Of whatever is decided in Washington, D.C., in the District of Criminals, not in, in terms of the agreement of the states of this country to X, Y, and Z policy. So a lot of that's affected the Civil War, and but there's an even greater shift that's happened in the 20th century, which is that what's happening in your locality, and the, the television is largely the main driver and aggregator of this, and so what's on your TV every night? You're not watching public access. You're watching ABC and mm-hmm. CBS and so on. And so you're not seeing your local politics. You're seeing national pol- You're seeing the District of Criminals politics for, you know, ever since TV became uh, ubiquitous in this country so that whatever's going on, you know, in your state, even most people can't name anyone in their legislature. They, they can't name this, the, the legislator that's in their district, their uh, legislative congressman. No idea. He comes around, oh, yeah, that's the small game stuff. We don't care about that. Those are the people that have power over you right now and determine whether you can go to the store without a mask or right. not.
0: That goes back right. to the Catholic principle but everyone of subsidiarity, too. You know, it's kind of like, are Precisely. we are we uh, striving for uh, the Catholic principles of governance or are we all just kind of like, you know, extremely focused on the presidency? However, I, I would I would also point out, uh, and, and maybe you can weigh in, uh, Dr. Marshall, uh the The presidency matters a lot, whether we like it or not. it's an objective reality that the power of the federal government, especially the executive branch, has grown so much to the point to where we do have to care about it. yeah, it's not ideal, but we do have a very large executive branch, and we would rather it be you know pro life and and et cetera than than not
2: yes, I'd prefer to have political subsidiarity, I'd prefer that we were more federal. I'd prefer all of that, but we're not. Mm -hmm. And so we have to fight the current battle that we have. Um, I think this is, you know, I'm a monarchist. Uh, I'd love to have to hand over Texas and Mexico back to the Habsburg and and pursue that way of life. That's what I want and prefer. But I don't appreciate it when people get on social media and say, ha ha, don't you, you know, don't you wish you had monarchy? Yes, of course. Of course, I wish I had St. Louis the Ninth ruling from Austin, Texas. (laughs) Of course, of course, but I don't. You know, it's like, you know, it's like telling the hobbits don't have this ring and there weren't Mordor. Of course, they wish they were just in the Shire. Yeah, that's not what that's not the hand that we were dealt in 2020. We have a huge Leviathan in Washington, D.C. that is threatening our entire way of life. And whether or not we can attend the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass, or not, and Thetically, that's yeah, what well, we have to fight right now.
1: Technically, we got an elected monarchy. We got a monarchy. <laughs> we just it's
3: kind
2: of yeah. A, I mean,
1: well,
3: an old God, medieval, medieval, monarch medieval monarch had powers. the
2: executive powers that our president has.
3: So, oh so. yeah, I think I,
0: I'm very fond of saying um, that I think King George the Third would blush at the power of the U.S. presidency in 2020.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if Joe gets, if Sleepy Joe gets in, what's he going to do? He's going to renege everything that Trump did by executive okay. order. So you have governed by executive order, just yep. like you have governed by, by judiciary. The, the SCOTUS runs, not like the judges, and the president has too much power. I mean, Congress is basically worthless. They don't do anything. It's whatever, like Obama.
3: What uh, he's like, don't use I mean, it. don't I, do anything. I'm in charge. Oh, no. Yeah. They do stuff, mostly uh, money laundering and, and uh, bribes, and that's yeah, all been legalized yeah. by uh, salary. congressional rules. <laughs> well,
0: so this leads into the second story, I think, because if you l- kind of look at the history of the world, the, the shape of nations and peoples and city-states and the borders thereof have changed so much over time, and yet since World War II in the Western world, we have not really seen any borders change at all. And so we have fallen into this, I think, thinking that you can never reshape your nation, etc. But Rush Limbaugh comes out on the radio and openly starts talking about secession. I mean, just musing God about it. I, I, now, for for him to do that, I mean, look, it's one thing if it's, you know, because, you know, some some uh, conspiracist on YouTube, or, uh, or Steve, at census Videlium uh but <laughs> but but at She's this point Lord it's
1: my church, he does it all the time. I love it for It's him. like a mainstream
0: <laughs> i it's like a mainstream thing though that you know are we seeing the beginnings of what could become a kinetic conflict
1: I can only hope the God that does I mean, I don't somebody think so. but some lefty put a photo up about the west coast and northeast going to Canada. Yeah, I saw
4: oh, that one. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I think <be> with you.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, I got a book here by David Livingston from the Abbeyville Institute. It's called Rethinking the American Union for the 21st Century. It's a it's, I think it might be out of print now. Let's we'll see. There's a great right in the opening the introduction. He's got Thomas Jefferson from August 13, 1800. Our government, our country is too large to have all its affairs conducted by a single government. The back in 1800 public servants at such a distance and from under the eye of their uh, constituents must from circumstances of distance be unable to uh, be able to administer and overlook all details necessary for the good government of the c- citizens and the same circumstances by rendering detection impossible to their constituents when when will invite the government, the public agents to corruption plunder and play, and waste and i do verily believe that if the principle were to prevail of the common law being enforced in the U.S., which principle possesses the general government at once of all the powers of the state governments and reduces us to a single consolidated government, it would become the most corrupt government on the earth.
3: But that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Does that not happen?
0: Are we seeing it? Are we seeing the precursor? Does it feel like uh, you know 1840 America?
3: Yes 40? and no, but not, not in the same way. But there's, I mean, we're already set, I mean, worldwide, not just here, but <clears throat> especially in our own way, it's the same thing that's playing out in many in places in Europe and other uh, areas. It's just, it, but it, like I said, in, in our character, there's the two irreconcilable factions of the woke and somewhat, you know, pan-conservativism, people who are conservative for one reason or another, evangelical Protestants, uh, you know, Catholics. People who believe in the family, who reject the, the the sacrament of the woke, which is abortion, people who you know basically value you know the reality in the, the human family, and the people that want to destroy it, right? That's that's what these kind of irreconcilable factions. There's no talking to each other. There's no getting around it. You're either a woke, you know, trans, whatever. I don't know, body positive, striking fear in the hearts of all-you-can-eat restaurants everywhere. Or you are, on the other side, you are you know, conservative, you love the family. You're not, there's, there's that's, those factions want to destroy each other. And you see it in the Antifa. And Antifa is soy boys who run around and shout and scream. And Antifa is also highly trained people, uh, sometimes black ops that are hired by Soros and company. So there, there's mm-hmm. a mix there. And you never exactly know which one is showing up at which event. So it's not like it's just the soybean is going to hit you with styrofoam bats. There, there's some seriously violent people on that side, too. So I, it would not surprise me if something happens somewhere, like, like a John Brown incident and um, in, in such in, back in the 19th mm-hmm. century, that just kicks off. It's the powder keg that starts kiss, uh, kicking off these factions sure. going at it.
0: Uh, it sounds like uh, Ryan is saying we're irreconcilable and sitting on a tinderbox. Dr. Marshall, how do you feel?
2: well regarding you know states seceding uh let's be honest not just cuz i'm in texas but texas has the best position to do so because we have well we're not california but we have a major major seaport yeah. we have a harbor and um we have and we're on a border with another country so we have i think the strongest geographic case to do so but i think and i hate to even admit this but i think it's impossible because when you look at the major cities dallas, houston and austin they are blue they're controlled by the liberals those are the economic and political powerhouses mm-hmm. in texas and you know in order for texas to become the republic of texas and no longer be the united states of america there would have to be not blood outside the borders. there would be blood mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. The borders. yeah, that, that that's an there would point. have to be there would be an internal war. Not only would we have to fight the United States of America, there would those cities would have to be run over by a blo- a lot of bloodshed to be retaken by conservatives to complete uh, erecting our own nation yeah. state. I just yeah. don't see that happening. I
0: think the stat is four out of five Texans live inside the Texas Triangle, what you described, the, the, the triangle between Dallas, Houston, and Austin, San Antonio. Um, I, yeah,
1: it's in the Texas Constitution. They can even is that break true? Up I've always heard four? that. I
0: heard that at a at and M. I I heard that throughout my life, but I've never verified that. Does anybody know if that's true?
1: Just pull up the Texas Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> that's too many people in texas probably have right <laughs> no but you're that's right i mean awesome. so if let's let's just
0: let let's just play a little mental exercise here let's say a, a group of states led by texas did want to exit stage right and they could pull it off and you, you've got the port of houston which is one of the busiest ports in the world you've got a huge economy i already you're you're larger than many of the western nations in in um in europe um Why would liberals fight to keep, you know, the, let's call it the Southeastern conference. Why would liberals fight to keep the sec, not just for football?
2: Because liberals believe in globalism and you have to continue to create bigger and bigger States. Mm -hmm. So they want to be part of the United States of America, which wants to be part of the UN, which will become whatever the antichrist arrangement is. And so, uh, Marxists who are motivated by Satan
0: mm-hmm.
2: want to continue to build bigger and bigger states, so they're going to oppose anyone who says let's make the republic Republic of Texas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's the problem it's it, unlike the Civil war in America where the states the population of each of the states were generally um, agreed. You know, I would I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming the southern states, 90 percent of them uh, agreed with the other states. The populace was pretty much in agreement.
1: Virginia did yeah. did. They uh, they only jumped in because Lincoln wanted to invade through them the south and wage war on them. Then they they left because of that, basically.
2: Um, but, but still, no. they fought. I mean, they fought. Yeah. In the south. I just don't. What state? Which state would be, would have a, such a uniformity that they would, that they would all join together to fight against the United States of America? Yeah.
1: Well, well, not Texas. Texas, Texas left. The, so, some southern states would join in, like South Carolina definitely. Uh, North Carolina probably wouldn't. Well, no. let, me, let, me,
0: yeah. let me put it this way wow. if you use uh, the, prominence of people wearing masks as a proxy for how they feel about <laughs> things. I just completed a road trip across 15 states diagonally from basically from Florida all the way up to the state of Washington through Idaho, etc. So I've been in I've been in a lot of cities in the last 30 days just driving doing things. Every as as Taylor said, every population center, it doesn't matter if you're in Cheyenne, Wyoming, it doesn't matter if you're in if you're in uh, a, a resort town in Montana. The population centers are blue and the countryside. You see no masks. You see no socialist distancing. Um, so there, it's a very real s- scenario here where we're not we really shouldn't think about it in terms of states, red states, blue states. We should think about it more in terms of counties, populous counties versus rural counties. Ryan, how do you how do you? Unpack that.
3: Well, that's certainly what we see here in Idaho. I've got another uh, actually mutual friend of ours, Mike, from another chat that's down in southern Idaho. And uh, and he tells largely the same story. Like Ada County is probably the bluest county in all of Idaho. But that's only in Boise. Outside of Boise, normal people that, uh, you know, as much as they can don't want to wear a mask, even though the county's really gone strong on enforcement. Whereas up here, in County, you have Coeur d'Alene, and Coeur d'Alene absolutely wants enforcing these stupid mask policies and things of this sort. The sheriffs won't do it. The police won't do it up here. Be- well, one, because they don't want to tick off the public unnecessarily. So hardly maybe a third of the people up here wear masks, except, except in Coeur You have a much higher percentage there because it's the population center. And then as you stretch out going to the north here um, you know, into wonderful places like Athol, where I live, so I'm a real Athol, and uh, Sandpoint and you know things of this sort. They, um, it, it just it just goes down and down mm-hmm. and down. OK, so it's it is it is the cities. And, the, and this is the same story, just like you've been saying, you know, friends in Minnesota have said the same thing. Colorado, actually, um, you know, I know a couple of priests live in Colorado and they live out, you know, in rural areas. And they say, you know, in rural areas, it's as conservative as it can possibly get. You go into Denver proper in the other range there. It's as as blue and woke as you could possibly see it, yeah,
1: it, Denver, for example, is it, it's it's uh, a we call it sanctuary City inside the city limits. Outside it, it's open carry. That's how different. <laughs> I mean, you can open carry at the airport, but you can't open carry downtown downtown <laughs> I,
0: I know Steve has talked at a great length about the, the Great Reset and why they want to continue to urbanize Americans and pack them into cities. Uh, because there's something about being in a city that just turns you blue. But Brother Martin, uh, when you talk about the availability of the Latin mass... It's not in the countryside, it's in the city. So, we're kind of like at the mercy uh, right now of 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 where the population centers are.
4: Yeah, definitely. And I and I guess that kind of varies uh from diocese to diocese because if a bishop doesn't want the Latin mass, he's not going to put it um in the city. He's going to make it out in the country. Like down here where I live, there's there's two Latin masses and they're both very far away from from urban centers. Um, so there's that. I remember when I lived in Colorado, they have an FSSP parish down in uh, Littleton. But mm-hmm. um, then also there's there's only one other one that's uh, east Colorado on I seventy. Yeah. Colorado Springs. Uh, also Colorado Springs. So I guess it it depends on. Yeah. I mean in Canada in Kansas City where I used to live, they have, they have like three different options, all with, all within like ten miles of each other. You know, it's very they're very very close. So. Yeah.
0: Why do they want to pack us in cities, Steve? I
1: mean. This thing is going down. I mean, you get how much? I mean, we've got what, four hundred thirty-five in the House of Representatives. Yes, I'm using idiocracy idiocracy uh, way of saying it. Uh, hundred. <laughs> we have five hundred what thirty-six total governor, govern governing people up in D.C. to rule three hundred twenty million people. What was what that phrase I keep saying, Mike? Mm-hmm. Think locally, act locally. It, that's, I mean, it goes back to secession. I, yeah, it looks impossible right now because all everybody that all our like-minded people are focused on where DC. Even at Mali you know, about the martial law here, you see federal flags all over the place. It's not, it's not a federal issue. The, the president cannot has no say in what this, what Governor Cooper does to his own state. That's that's the power of the state. Again, eliminate the Bill of Rights if we want to want to take over and become you know emperor of the United of the states. Take out the United part. Take out the states part. But think locally, act locally. We got to fix our local governments. We got to fix the governors. We got to fix the state houses. Guarantee Soros and Schwab are working on the local and state governments. Soros gave five uh, gave a, a couple thousand dollars to Cooper here in, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Guarantee other co- other other uh, governors are getting money from those same guys. But if we're just focusing on there, and they're focusing on everything else. We're going to lose. That's why uh, Young Americans for Liberty with Tom Woods uh, had a. uh, They were on his show the other day talking about how many great strides they made in the victories in the last election in the localities, the state boards, mayors, things like that. We got to get our boys into that. Train them, do something. We got to focus on that. If not, kiss this goodbye because even if Trump wins, we still are going to lose in the local places.
0: Yeah. You're right, and I've heard I've heard Taylor say this as well in terms of think locally, act locally. Um,
2: Yeah, one one hopeful thing, you know, I mentioned how it's impossible to pull off, you know, getting states to be their own republics or breaking this whole thing up. There is one hope, and that is we are seeing in the last year or two, influencers and wealthy people, and large groups of people leave the cities Yeah. in the cities. And we could see, I, I can't tell the future, but it might be that in the next 20 years that we see the collapse of cities. And that would be a good thing that could pave the way for something people, you know, now with, you know, people working at distance and working at home, the whole idea of putting 2 million people inside of a loop, to live together in crowded mm, apartments mm. and crowded roads, people don't want that. And maybe we'll see the collapse of cities. Chicago's yeah. collapsing, New York's collapsing, L.A.'s collapsing. Maybe, maybe these powerful blue cities will eventually That's collapse on their own. Weight. That's
0: a good point. That's probably if one for, of the unintended consequences that, of the uh, pandemic, right, Steve? Because I've seen it. I've seen a flight. Even my a lot of my business partners have left Los Angeles. They're like, I'm out of here.
1: Well, Goldman Sachs, for example, just said they're leaving New York City. They're going to either Florida or Texas. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's you're going to see a lot. As what somebody I can't remember what podcast I was listening to saying that in one to two years you're not going to recognize the area you live in or the North American continent or pretty much the world. As as Taylor said, that the uh, uh, the reason the uh, the pandemic. Made everyone stay at home, but that and that's part of the reset. They want you to to get you accustomed to staying at home, to get the lower the net zero uh, emission. So you're not driving your car, so you're not you're avoiding other people, so you're being more tech on this. And I just listened to a podcast today. They're talking about how to get people out of the jobs they're in now to train them for these tech jobs that they have Mm -hmm. no business being in. They didn't say no business part. I don't know if you remembered truck drivers teaching yoga classes.
3: Back in April, the Vatican was going on about how great it is for Mother Earth that no, you know, nobody's driving and all these emissions have gone down and, and in the meantime, well, people are losing their jobs. People are starving. Childhood hunger, especially in the third world, is going up because food and everything is dis- uh, disturbed and all the Pope in the Vatican could do is talk about how wonderful this is yeah, Mother I,
0: Earth. Yeah, I thought that early on um, he had said that youth unemployment was the greatest evil facing the... The planet. Okay, fine, Steve. Listen, we're gonna take your advice. We're not gonna <laughs> focus on f- the federal election right now. Let's talk globalism now. Uh, third story <laughs> up: Rothschilds <laughs> and others solidifying a marriage. Taylor Marshall did a podcast about it. I think yesterday or, or Wednesday. Uh, Taylor, can- fill us in on what's happening with that.
2: Yeah. So uh, the third wife of Evelyn Rothschild has started this initiative um, with Pope Francis. She's she's his right-hand lady. And they're redefining capitalism to use her term that she's branded is inclusive capitalism. And then Lynn Rothschild and Pope Francis have designated guardians of inclusive capitalism. And these include the biggest CEOs on earth. So we're talking about the CEO of MasterCard, who's a Sikh and who says we need to have all religions work together on inclusive capitalism, the CEO of Visa, Bank of America, Allianz, Cowper, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, British Petroleum, the Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation. Wow! I mean, the this is the who's who of globalists. And it's so interesting. You know, I've been reading this book, Let Us... Dream. This is the Pope Francis book. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have any of y'all read this? It's all I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. You know, he's talking about all these evil capitalists and you know being for the little guy, but look who he hangs out with. And I also want to bring up if I don't know if you have the image, but if you show him, um I guess I can't really share my screen on this, but here he is in the Vatican with all these CEOs, yeah. they're not wearing masks. they're hanging out and you know he's he won't have a public easter we don't know it looks like he's not gonna have a public christmas but all these ceos can get together without masks and take photos and make decisions for the whole world Mm -hmm. nba stars. it's completely hypocritical um and i don't understand why francis says oh i'm for the little guy and all that and look at his friends look who he appoints look who he hangs out with mega ceos and he's designating them as the guardians <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's his term
3: that's i didn't make fox this... guarding the hen house i mean it's almost put out there as a term to A lot of times when they make up these terms, they put them out there, you know, because he's not sitting there coming up with all this stuff himself. It's being fed to him by underlings who are crafting the message and putting it out there. And they're getting their feedback from, well, all the people that Francis is working with. So uh, you get I mean, when he comes out saying build back better, someone's fed him that just like they fed it to Trudeau and they fed it to Biden. They fed it to every single, you know, to hair sniffer there and every single person in the world. They're getting that that's in some position of leadership and they're using the phrase it's like flashing a little masonic you know sign of some sort you know hey look everybody I'm a mason you know it just it, that's the subtle signal that you're doing no. I mean not not to bring in freemasonry into this discussion but it it just it's what it, it's analogous to that so France is coming out guardians of international capital that the people that have done all the bad stuff shown that he's been complaining about his entire pontificate they show no signs of ceasing to do anything that's going to harm and it all ties in with once again the green agenda, climate change agenda, which, we, you know, we've seen the beginning we, and we've seen him kind of parody, uh, you know, mirror the, um, the elite since see. Si. And Who does he get in the Vatican? Jeffrey Sachs. One, you know, Paul Ehrlich. Paul Ehrlich, who's like the charlatan, excuse <laughs> me, the charlatan of pseudoscience. He's the pre, high pre-charlatan of, of pseudoscience in, in modern Malthusianism. The guy has been wrong. About every single prediction he's ever made in his books. I mean, it's insane the kind of things that he's predicted and been wrong about, and then come out and his pro abortion eugenic views not only have not changed, they've gotten even stronger to the point where he wants RU 486 put in the water to cause women to, to, to spontaneously abort all the time. That way, we'll, we'll, we'll slow down that world population. Oh, right dear. That, that's... He is at the Vatican at the release of Let Out to see si, this big. Uh, conference on the environment back at i believe it was 2016 maybe Taylor, you might know that date better if i'm, if I'm wrong about the date but um you know and, and then he has you know he's jeffrey Sachs there he's paul ehrlich there in the vatican to speak about the dangers of climate change and it's it's insanity yeah it, that these people are all there but he can't see cardinals that i
0: yeah cardinals i'm uh, a man let's 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 <laughs> table that for a second and i i want to go back to that but i want to bring brother martin and you heard taylor say that the pope is hanging out with the richest most powerful people in the world brother martin i thought he was the pope of the poor is that what he said
4: (laughs) especially when he's in front of the cameras he's definitely the pope of the poor Mm -hmm. giving kisses to babies giving kisses to uh, you know people that are sick all that kind of stuff um but what we're hearing from the news and from his actions is the exact opposite um I mean especially when it comes to i mean cloistered nuns i mean he's passed legislation that basically has squashed the the cloistered monastic life um all of them are suffering all of them are are well thank thanks be to God, they're waking up and seeing uh, the light in the tradition and that uh, they'll return a tradition uh, to survive um but yeah when it, especially when it comes to religious, especially when it comes to the poor i mean he's he's not really passed anything or or done much uh, to 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 help anybody's situation um all all he's doing is is shaking hands having photos t- taking of him shaking hands uh, with rich people, as, as Dr. Marshall was saying earlier. and um, His actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm.
0: Build back better. We, we should be pretty uh, skeptical of anybody who partners with the Rothschilds, right? I mean, like, that's just, that, should, that should cause your Catholic spidey senses to, uh, to go on high alert.
4: I think Edward Pinson published something about, uh, I guess, the, the South American bishops when they had their bishops conference. They were receiving money from the Ford Foundation. Um, which obviously is pro-abortion, all that kind of stuff, and so this is kind of par for the course. They they ignore all criticism from the media um, regarding who they affiliate themselves with. Uh, I mean, I guess we can continue screaming these things at, at you know the top of our lungs or whatever, um, but it just seems like their their modus operandi is simply to ignore, uh, and it'll pass away. So,
1: hey, to be, I mean, if if you go to the World Economic Forum website, everybody that uh, Dr. Marshall brought up. They're on the partners list. Yeah, a the Holy Father is in on Davos. He's been given the leading opening prayer through was it uh, Turkson? Uh, every and Turkson year. was at this meeting as
2: well on the yeah. Yeah. And by the way, this this meeting of all these guardians with the Rothschild happened on the feast of the immaculate conception. Oh no! Every, everything like, hey, happens I just feel everything like we're being trolled constantly. By the Holy
0: especially oh man, they are trolling us, they are trolling us, yeah, yeah. in fact, you tweeted that the other day, Taylor, uh, with the side by side of the two popes wearing white, and they're you know shaking each other's hand, yeah. they're literally trolling <laughs> us, why
2: uh, <laughs> evil evil likes to mock and twist that, which is good, and man. You know, this is this is what we're seeing it's 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 not enough just to to be contrary to the good, there's also a mockery. I think the demonic delights mm-hmm. in, in the mockery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's fun for the demon. It's And, um, yes. so yeah, I mean you send out not only things that are against the faith, but then you just do all these things that raise questions in the mind of the faithful. For example, when you see two men in a white cassock with white zucchettos wearing rings, kissing each other's rings, sitting, you know, side by side in front of new Cardinals, your, your head explodes. (laughs) How do you even process that imagery?
3: Yeah.
1: And then, and economic wise, uh, Schwab's got a new book coming out in 2021 called on his stakeholders capitalism thing, which is basically what this is all leading into on that, which if you know anything about it, it's basically you're caring only about your stakeholders. You don't give anything about who the product, the people of it, you're just making sure your stockholders gets paid well. Yep. The little guy could go That's why you see Walmart, Amazon, et cetera, just blowing it out of the water. Yep. And the little guy mm-hmm. can't even, the, like in Canada, the the barbecue place being arrested. Uh, the gym in New York City, or the bar in New York City got mm-hmm. the cops out of front, which, by the way, is awesome that he put it, this is an autonomous zone. <laughs> 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 that's fine
0: yeah i just saw a barbecue joint in kansas city the guy said i'm not closing and he's defying them, and he will go to jail um you gotta have straight the numbers see, that's the, that's the, 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 again, the, the joy joint. of idaho the yeah, no. uh,
3: we got there's a restaurant just down the road i mean the governor went to stage two he's supposed to be uh like limited capacity he just packed his place he says i don't care and the chief of police likes the guy and eats there nothing's happening to him at all and they they basically decided up here we're just not going to enforce it at all, and that's one of the important. I think the solutions is working with your local police. They're the enforcers. Uh, there's actually a guy who has an initiative right now. It's called the Thick Red Line, and if you uh, you can find that if you just type it in online, you should be able to find it. And it's just people. It started in California, working with the local cops and saying, you know, hey, you're part of our community too. You don't want to enforce this. You don't want to. Uh, you know, close down your neighbors and put them out of a job, do you? I mean, now one of you can't resist. But what about your entire department? Well, you know, let's get in. So this guy, you know, goes through at uh, the, the thick red line dot com or dot org. I forget what it is, but, you know, how to work on essentially bringing the cops around to, yeah, we're not going to enforce this. And once they do it in mass, there's nothing City Hall can do. The politicians are helpless mm-hmm. without their enforcers.
0: I just want to I First. want to touch on one thing that's already been brought up. Uh, and it relates to what we're talking about with small businesses being crushed. How is it possible that Pope Francis has time to hang with the CEOs of major investment banks and credit card companies, but he has no time, none, for Cardinal Zen? When Cardinal Zen only has, what, 48 hours in Rome, he escapes, you know, communist China to get there to try to to brief the Pope on the plight of Chinese Catholics and
4: uh, no, no time for that.
3: Well, the people who pay the bills don't want him to
4: see cardinals. at <laughs> I saw, I saw a very distressing tweet this past week. I think I retweeted it. There was a priest who sent a video uh, of Hong Kong. There, there was a bus, and it was surrounded by people's family members just patting on the window constantly uh, because, I guess their their family members were being bused off to reeducation camps. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know, and the priest was like. We said this would never happen again. And here it is happening right after Cardinal Zen was trying to meet the Holy Father to say, hey, this is dangerous. You know, what's going on here? Uh, It it becomes more and more disturbing day by day. Yeah,
0: it's a question, Taylor, of priorities, right? I mean, what are the priorities from Rome?
2: Well, I remember several years ago, this is under Francis being in Rome. I was teaching some seminarians and some seminarians met with uh, Hans Who's the um, who assists both Benedict and Francis? And they said, uh, "What are the what are the goals of the current Pontificate?" Meaning, Francis. And he said, um, "Immigration." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think okay. Said, uh, yeah, I think he said, "I <laughs> think immigration and family, or something like that." Mm-hmm. But you know, the the Vicar of Christ, the Supreme Pontiff, his his um, office. And his charism is to guard and propagate the faith, to bind and loose with the keys. Um Immigration is uh, a social issue and it can be a moral issue as well, but that's, that's not even, it's, it's not the core of the papacy. And, um, you know, if we if we look at the seven years of this pontificate, you know, we can sum it up with um uh, eco theology, uh economic socialism, and um basically making Catholic morality lax or relative. Anyone mm-hmm. disagree with those things?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's that goes back it's, to saying these part it's of in the, the public, it's in the open.
1: Well I said he's part of the WEF, uh, the Schwab ideas. And him and Schwab might be good friends for all I know. <laughs> That's true. Well the the thing that the thing that the Holy Father wrote the other day, I told you Mike, I think I go, uh man it but did Francis write that or Schwab?
0: <laughs> yeah, somebody should make a right. troll account on Twitter and just re- retweet both of those men and then just say who said it, who said it better. <laughs> um, okay, all right, Steve. Just be for you uh, to 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 make you to, to if it pleases the court. We've gone from talking about the state of Texas, <laughs> then to the 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 U.S., then to the the entire world, and the Holy Father and the Rothschilds. But even that's not big enough. We got to talk about aliens and obelisks.
1: Oh, I thought you were I thought you were asking me for that quote. I was gonna write a big the big government quote from the Great Reset book. Uh never mind No 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 no
0: it's it's obelisk time now, bro. what Ryan, I don't even know. I just see pictures of these. I haven't dived into this. What what are these obelisks And they're like what? They're appearing in random places or something or
3: they're appearing in random places. Um <clears throat> so this this is from USA Today. Um you know it's Just noting where these have been, they say, uh, the most recent instance, uh, closer to Steve, a smaller structure was spotted in Fayetteville, North Carolina. The three-foot-tall structure appeared in the raised flower bed on the sidewalk in front of McKee Homes Design Studios, according to a news release from Cool Spring Downtown District. According to, uh, you know, whatever, I mean, get into it, but they say it just, just showed up one day, right? And that's been happening all over since November 18th. There has been sightings in the United States, in Eastern Europe, And uh, all these other places now, I mean, some of them could be copycats and fake, but there is an effort to, and and of course, interestingly, where do they take it from? They take it, you know, this thing that looks like it's from a Kubrick film, like 2001, if anyone remembers that, Mm -hmm. which um, apart from the fact that the director must've been on LSD when he made it, (laughs) uh, (laughs) there's, there's the, um, there's certain interesting reveals. I mean, Kubrick's always got interesting things going on in his movies, but um, you know, there's a guy who is basically an iPad, but this was made in like 19, I forget 70 something. So 60 something. And, uh, you, you know, you see little things like that, but so it, it's a curious thing that that's popped around. And then you come to this story from the Jerusalem post, so mainstream paper out of Israel. Okay. Former Israeli space security chief says aliens exist and humanity's not ready. And so, and and I won't read the entire thing, but then he goes on to talk about how he's claiming there's a galactic federation, you know, and they've, uh, you know, already made contact with the United States and Israel, but people aren't ready for it. Which, well, why are you talking about it? Is this the the, the the
0: demons from the air? Is that what the, from, from the uh, three days of darkness and all that?
3: I don't know about that. I think it's more insidious like this. Let's let's backtrack about 100 years, uh, not quite 100 years, about 90 years or so. And what what happened? You know, well, the world the, the world's broadcast where, you know, millions of Americans were convinced for a day that uh, the United States was being completely laid to waste by aliens from Mars. Right. Because it was broadcast on the radio. And, you know, the phones are going crazy. You have a couple of cities, like in Washington, there was a power outage, right, as this was happening. So then people are convinced, well, see, it's, it's, it's proof this is all happening. I don't know if that was staged or it just, just happened to happen. But um, interestingly, what uh, so this broadcast goes on. And the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, which is now currently uh, one of the guardians of international capital with the Vatican, right, they funded a study. To examine Americans' response to the uh, the War of the Worlds broadcast and how pe- people were panicking over something that was not happening, and so they they done this study. And there's there's a lot of funding that goes around this from the Rockefeller Foundation and from the Ford Foundation and from you know all these usual suspects examining human psychology and behavior during these things. So you look at uh, the whole. You know, I don't believe in aliens personally. I think it's it's it's, it's loony sci-fi stuff that's, you know, and I, I find it contrary to our religion. I don't see Except how Christianity that- can. Almost every other religion will work perfectly fine with aliens. I mean, Mormonism is, <laughs> you know, it, we, we've been founded by aliens type of thing, right? Um, okay, so, but Catholicism cannot, in my opinion. you will be proven wrong about that. But it won't, um, you know, it's hard metaphysically. Everything centers here in, in Scripture and in the Fathers, and Christ is one. You know, with humanity, with us. Mm-hmm. Where do these other aliens fit in? How do they, why are they affected by original sin? I mean, it's a huge challenge to original sin, Christology, and so many other things if there are aliens. But I think it's being seated in the consciousness because it's one of many things that continues to serve the very same agenda stay home, don't go out, convince everyone something is going on that isn't going on. Oh, kind of like. COVID-1984, where, I mean, they just did a thing showing that the numbers are virtually the same. It's just the media tricks highlighting these numbers, case, demic, whatever, have convinced people that something is going on that is not going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, Taylor, they've been, they've been injecting aliens into the zeitgeist for 40 years now. Why are they doing this? What does it all mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not just these weird things showing up uh, in different ge- geographic areas. I mean, you you go back really since the 1960s, and, and the whole idea of man on the moon brings up this idea, are we alone? And, and Ryan brings up a lot of great points here about how it undermines our doctrine of original sin, even our Christology, the incarnation, that there would be rational beings uh, that have an intellect and a will that are not of the human mm-hmm. nature. So it's, it's really a battling ram, I think, against Christianity, against Catholicism. Mm-hmm. It's just another metaphysical uh, competitor to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the alien thing, but there's also the whole Marvel DC universe of the superhero. Uh, that's another competitor, which are really, I mean, many of them are aliens like Thor is technically an alien. If you follow that story. So basically you have to realize that Hollywood and the cinema This is these are the new bards that are telling the myths, telling the stories, and they're telling stories that are contrary to Catholicism. Yeah. And this excites the mind to believe that. So you see little kids, you know, they're not into St. Joseph or St. Christopher or St. George. They're into Thor and Iron Man. And this is what in Spider-Man, this is what captures the minds of children. And they're being catechized. Wow, that's insidious.
3: That is um that's an excellent point, which again goes back to media and the power of media to form and shape events, which we I mean, just to bring it full circle of what we started that um and they've been studying this for a long time. Can you craft a notion of you know authority and obedience to things that aren't aren't a thing, aren't real, by using media and using technology to basically basically brainwash if you want to use that term bit inaccurately but uh, you know what it means it, it's basically you're getting everyone focused on the propaganda and you know who helped develop a lot of this stuff well, let's see it's a three-letter um, agency Operation Paperclip. Of, uh, before <laughs> yes <laughs> And governments are declaring now that they use propaganda against their own people. I mean, you just saw that in Canada, where to convince people to stay home, the military ran yeah. an op in this Canadian yeah. village with, uh, you know, with speakers to telling everyone that they're wolves. And so don't go out. The wolves will get you and literally had speakers playing wolf noises. There are no wolves there. But they, they ran this up to see how well people would comply with this, uh, you, know, you know, again, another test of the propaganda. Yeah, that's. And That's the, pretty you know, dark in the media. Uh, but,
0: but but Steve, yeah. our government would never do that to us, right?
1: No, no, no. There, there are governments and most all governments are ran by angels. <laughs> 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 we <be> talking about <laughs> um, just on the alien stuff. I mean, I didn't know anything about it until Ryan. When he's when we were going over ideas, I'm going, what is he talking about? And then I, I saw a clip going, wow. But if you want more on the topic, go to Corbett's and uh, There's a How to Fake an Alien Invasion, Episode 301. <laughs> Uh, check that out. It even brings in for uh, Catholic people listening the Vatican. Uh, so he's got some you, stuff you on there. You have
0: memorized every single Corbett report that there is, and um, I I think you and Marshall need to be on Corbett to to, to unpack uh, all things Catholic.
3: <laughs> Make that happen. I've I've been. On You've been Corbett on Corbett.
1: Report? Yeah, Ryan's been on.
3: Wow. But he switched up. He wanted to talk about distributism, and I wasn't ready for it. I wanted to talk about kind of the Vatican and cons- Jesuits. Your and Twitter handle is so literally Chester
0: Bellock. How are you not prepared to talk about distributism?
3: <laughs> because I've been refining it with my anarchism, and that's been harder to, to, to work on. So. <laughs> All right, got to get
0: to the final segment before we do unpopular opinions and then shameless plugs. Uh, final segment, New World Order Watch standing segment ever since COVID-1984 came on the scene. Steve, fill us in. What is happening in the New World Order Watch?
1: Well, I mean, North Ka- the People's Republic of North Kakalaki, we just went on martial law starting in, uh, well, it's 10.52 a.m. Fridays, wherever, whenever you are, Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we go on martial law from 10 to 5 Virginia, the formerly free people of Virginia, the Washington, Jefferson, those guys got to be rolling over their graves to institute nightly curfew. Now, now that's not saying to spam me with the uh, founders of Masons, guys. I know I'm not saying I'm on the founder fan club. Just work with me. Virginia <laughs> Institute nightly curfew, new gathering limits, mask rules beginning Monday t- midnight.
0: Oh, yeah. I, um, uh, I had heard that the virus doesn't spread between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m.
1: Yeah, here's here's something. Just think about this. The the exceptions for North Carolina Cooper put down has at the end. Well, basically, he says religious services are okay. Uh, NCAA professional sports were all right. Uh, Walmart's okay. obviously. The homeless are exempt.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They can't get it. They're in you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. So they're not forcing the homeless to be I in just their been, home. You know, that I've been big. waiting for the homeless yeah.
0: outbreak. I mean, because you you think about it: poor sanitation, no social distancing, um, it, obviously out after curfew, and there's no
1: outbreak. Nah. And here's the uh, there's, there's the, no but, alcohol.
3: Here's... I mean, it's it's the alcohol that's why there's no outbreak. Same reason I haven't gotten it.
1: <laughs> <Here's the> pandemic <laughs> A pandemic side effect. This is Greenwich Times from the Washington Post. A pandemic side effect. Use mass polluting California coastal waters. (laughs) I just just love the headline. This is a great story. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Reuters came out Americans get stern holiday warning no Christmas parties.
0: Okay, that's the next thing. Okay, so so Taylor, you you probably like did, were the were the loudest and and most obvious about we're having a huge Thanksgiving. Here's the pictures, you know, kind of kind of thumbing your nose at, at at the government, which is great. Uh they they want to cancel Christmas, right? I mean, that's the next thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, even these nativity scenes where they're putting masks on the yeah. blessed mother, St. Joseph, our Lord, angels, shepherds, uh, they are, they don't just want to put us into quarantine. They want to put God into quarantine. We have to understand that. Um, and the way they do that is they do it symbolically by putting masks and cages around the Holy family. Uh, we saw that uh, a year ago and before that, um, making these immigration statements by putting the Holy family in cages um, but that's all that's all a parable. It's all a sign of what they're doing actually on december twenty fifth, which is you can't have mass. you have to have fifty percent or you can't have masks. If you do, you have to have mass. You have to have fifty percent occupancy. you can't sing uh, regulating the whole thing. and what's what's sad is is even in places where the governors say you can do it, green light, bishops are saying we're not doing it
4: right. yeah,
2: and this, I mean, this right here is showing that, the medical crisis that we're under is an attack on Catholicism. It's an attack on the faith. Yeah. They are trying to quarantine not only humans, but they're quarantining God. You cannot access him. And we're the ones who get to decide. And it's not just the governors, it's bishops. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, we saw that with the first lockdown, where bishop by bishop, diocese by diocese, they shut down preemptively before any uh, state or local authority uh, illegally ordered them to. I was just reading in the Von Trapp book. Uh, we love to do that, especially for the major seasons, Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter. And uh, Maria Von Trapp writes that if if humanity just sang together, there would be no wars. What you heard Taylor just say, Steve, is that they want to take away Christmas carols, no singing, no, no Christmas carols during Midnight Mass. That's an insidious I mean, that is an attack on our unity, on our culture, on our Catholic culture.
1: The Holy Father canceled Midnight Mass a couple of weeks ago. I had uh, the Italy, Italy Prime Minister canceling it just last week. Uh, I had a friend of mine tell me that if there's a bishop. He, could, he wouldn't tell me what diocese. Uh, it's mm-hmm. south of, uh, New York. I'll just say that <laughs> it's, it's not New York. It's just south of that area. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but, uh, he's starting to cancel masses. If the, if the cases are going up, which as the original, the original guy, the PCR, who surprisingly died before all this started said, and hey, you can make this thing test positive for anything. So the cases are still going to go up because more people are doing this stupid testing and they're going to get tested positive, so everyone's going to lose their minds, and the bishop will eventually, you know, close it down. Uh, a priest walked up to a bishop, asked him for data just to have some idea of what's going on. Can you can you explain to me why this makes sense? The bishop pulled his faculties, he's only allowed to say mass, and the bishop runs his parish now. Mm-hmm. So it's it, The priests are scared of the bishops, even though I don't know some of the guys that, you know, near my, where are my area. My, the guys down the street from me, they're opened up. The guy's down the street, uh, down the board, south of the border in South Carolina, they're closed. They're they're keeping the more of the uh, how would you say uh, bouncers at the door, keeping people from going in. I actually heard a sermon where the priest got mad because the people were starting to get mad at him for not letting them all in. I'm all, I'm good. Hey, yeah, keep it up.
0: Yeah. All right, we are running short on time. I want to get to unpopular opinions. A couple people here on this on the stream have to go. Um, and I would like to go actually. I I love hanging with you guys, but um, you know we got things to do. Um, unpopular opinions. We will go around the the, the room. Uh, we'll ask Taylor to go last. As a reminder, this is the, your opportunity to give the most unpopular opinion, not the thing that with which you disagree or whatever, so that uh, we are incentivized to give our most unpopular opinion. We're going to put out a Twitter poll. Vote for the one that is the objectively most unpopular. Ryan Grant, you are up first today. Unpopular opinion. Oh Stroke that beard,
3: buddy. What, what was the—wait, before you—what was the—who uh, week? We forgot to do a poll last week. Can you believe that? Oh, well. <laughs> I know. I just rehashed old one anyway. All right. There's only <laughs> one thing. Probably it's going to beat either brother or or Doctor Marshall. And I'll make it quick since he's got to get going soon. Quo primum was not infallible. I'm no trad heretic, but <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, Quo primum is a legal Martin. document,
3: and Paul the Sixth has the exact same authority as Pius the Fifth had. For better, for worse, it's not infallible. Sorry, folks. It's a canonical document.
0: Okay. I'm ra- Okay. We got it. Brother, unpopular Uh, opinion.
4: Even if Trump wins, the soul of America is still at stake. Um, As Catholics, we have to go out and convert everyone. Uh, We have to have the same zeal as St. Francis Xavier for the conversion of souls. Because even if Trump wins, it's only four years, and then we're back in the same place. Um, So I think, especially as tried Catholics, we have the the truth, we have beauty. Um, I think we need to talk more about uh, how to convert atheists and Muslims and Protestants uh so much about whether or not trump is a, a good integralist or whatever.
0: So mm-hmm. all right. Trump is a band aid. According
1: to Brother Martin. That's his unpopular. Steve. I'll go ahead and redo a tweet that I got got I got hammered for posting. Uh no matter who wins, Trump or Biden, we're gonna get that mandatory vaccines in the Great Reset. It won't be mandatory from the government. It'll be mandatory from every walk of life. You will get it uh no matter who's the elected king. That's scary.
0: Vaccine coming soon. Okay, I'm going to give my I've been saving this one for a big day when I when I really felt like I needed to fight to win this uh, unpopular opinion poll. <laughs> I think shorts are for little boys. I just do. I shorts <laughs> are for little boys. Men yes. shouldn't <laughs> wear shorts, all right? That's uh that's my unpopular opinion. Dr. Marshall.
2: All right. So, um I think we're all agreed that we should be using the pre-1955 Holy Week. Yeah. Are we all agreed on that. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, good. My unpopular opinion is, is that it's perfectly acceptable, in fact, preferable for the Triduum liturgies of Maundy Thursday, Holy Friday, and Holy Saturday to be celebrated in the mornings before noon. Not in the evenings as most traditional parishes currently celebrate them. And the reason for that is, is I think the Tenebrae needs to be preserved in its proper place.
4: Yes, absolutely.
0: We do Tenebrae ad, on Wednesday night. Is that what, is that incorrect? You no, know, that
2: should be Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday and Friday night. Friday. And there should be um, Easter matins on Saturday night. Oh.
4: It's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. If you mm. don't know what Tenebrae is, you have to YouTube it, Google it, all that kind of stuff. It's Look actually- at Brother
0: Martin, who, who normally wins, throwing his weight behind Dr. Marshall's unpopular opinion. <laughs> the horse Brother, trading the horse trading on this poll I already I know who's going to win um, okay quick very quickly shameless plugs I have nothing to plug this week census
1: fidelium nah, I, just, I got nothing I just, yeah. mediatrics I, press buy chewy mugs I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay so it is Christmas time if you order anytime time next week I have these Priority mail envelopes that uh, are only a few dollars more than media mail, actually, so that to guarantee you actually get it. Because if you do media mail right now, you won't get it. So I have this book that I published a month ago. They lived the faith. Really great book. A lot of biographies of thirteen Catholics that uh, fought in the nineteenth century against uh, liberalism and socialism. Um, you know, a lot of people. Great. Right? Restus Brownson's probably the only one there that most Americans are familiar with. Um, you know, maybe you know, a couple others in there, so a lot of just excellent writing and history to get in, involved with. And then, uh, I have this book on Saint Albert the Great, which I highly recommend, it's very good. I, um, even have a lot of nice pictures in here, uh, excellent biography on Saint Albert. And this one, nobody's ever heard of this guy, but there would be no Dominican order without this guy, uh, Blessed Jordan of Saxony. The only account of him in English that I know of, except maybe a blurb and a little book on saints, successor of Saint Dominic, he's the one who organized the plan that Dominic had for the Dominican order wow. and organized the rule. He's the one who gets Herbert de Roman to create the, uh, to work on the Dominican liturgy, uh, not not create out of thinner, but you know what I mean, to, to, to establish it. And so many other different things that he's able to create. Uh, that make the Dominican order flourish. Without him, it, it doesn't happen. It falls apart.
0: Ryan, if you are part of the Mediatric Press Book Club, as I am, I'm paying 50 bucks a month. I get a book every month. It's awesome. I get exclusive podcasts. All right, am I going to get any of those three books, or do I have to go out
3: and buy Actually, them? Actually, yes. I forgot. I already announced it to this. Well, you, you didn't watch the video, did you? you no, I was. My, uh, it was Friday video.
0: night, man. I'm busy. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
3: um, anyway, you're going to get this one. The oh, books good. That That's the one I wanted. Smaller, and that wasn't done on purpose. It was just, oh, this one's great. This one's great. And I, I didn't realize it. From the Seraphic Order Franciscan book of saints was massive. Yeah. And then uh, Life of Saint Francis also big, but not very as massive. Big. Then I'm very
0: behind school. in my mediatrix radius. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 then I got to two other ones that actually got progressively smaller, and that wasn't the point. It was actually because these books were great. So we're going to go the other direction. Because this one's a little thicker. It's about okay. Good, Brother Martin. Ages next. Yep.
4: The Oblates of St. Augustine just received their, their first novice uh, this past week on, on the Feast Immaculate Conception. So we have a new novice, Brother Nicholas Zawaski. Um, so that's very exciting news. Another thing is we have now on our website, com slash shop, these Brother Chewy mugs that uh, you can offer a donation for. So it has Brother Chewy on them and then Oblates of St. Augustine on the back with core ornament, anima una, and deum. Uh, so there you go. You've seen me and Ryan drinking from them today, uh, but yeah, you can have one for yourself. I've, um, my totally wife didn't, didn't serve
0: me and my uh, in my brother Chewy mug today. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. All right, Doctor Marshall, shameless plug.
2: Uh, I've got a new book that just came out. Uh, this is this is a a print version, a, a pre print version, so it has a gray bar on it. But it's the Rosary in 50 Pages, nice. and uh, it's it's only 50 pages long, as the title says. But it gives um, why we have devotion to Our Lady, where the Hail Mary came from, where the rosary came from, and then just powerful stories like Lepanto and um, Fatima and other great stories. And at the end, it's um, how to pray, saints on how to pray the rosary more effectively and then all the rosary prayers in English and in Latin. Just a quick book to um, get you up to basically kind of like a little catechism mm-hmm. on the rosary. So uh, you can get it at amazon.com rosary and 50 pages i think if you order it now you'll get it before christmas a little stocking stuffer
1: awesome hey doc you still got the uh uh, christ was born on christmas day book uh that
2: uh, i'm probably gonna put out a, a really big official version in uh for next christmas gotcha
0: very good well thank you for joining us special guest dr taylor marshall author of infiltration and the rosary in 50 pages this is the rundown thank you for watching god bless subscribe to census fidelium And follow us on Twitter.